Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Hello, A Walk in the Park podcast listeners. This is Babs, and I'm starting off this episode a little differently today. It's just me, and I'm feeling in a reflective mood. Uh, This morning, I learned that an early childhood friend of mine passed away. She and I had not stayed close over the years, but we did grow up together across the street from one another. And of course, eventually found our way to reconnect via Facebook. Um, I'm actually not spending a lot of time on Facebook these days, but I do check in on Messenger. And another childhood friend had told me that Jen's sister had posted on Facebook about Jen's passing earlier this week. And I found it sad. And, you know, this was somebody who was my age. And as I said, we grew up together. And I knew just from hearing things via parents over the years and also seeing her posts on Facebook that um, life wasn't always easy for her, but she was just a person who seemed to always have an optimistic outlook. And I just wanted to share something in a bigger context of what I'm trying to move on to here. This was written by her younger sister. Where does one even begin to put pen to paper to write a eulogy? Flashes of memories from our childhood, our day together just last week at the beach, trips with our family all over the world, concerts with our dad, sneaking Doritos and snacks when we were teenagers, all of those moments rapidly spinning and moving in my head. I'll just start writing and see what happens. I will start with her struggles first. She was fragile and really always has been. We all know that she has had her past with substances and also that she had been clean for years and years. She was beset with terrible migraines for her whole life and battled them constantly. For the last few years, she had been successful with pain management, non-narcotic meds, alternative therapy, therapies, and even Botox. But recently, she was in tremendous pain with stomach and GI issues that she was at the beginning of diagnosing. My sister died tragically in her home, treating her pain while she waited for her primary care office to open in the morning after a holiday weekend. She didn't want to bother anyone with asking for help or a ride, as was her nature. She did not commit suicide. My sister was happy and had goals and dreams that she was actively pursuing. She was halfway through a medical coding program that was due to finish in December, 
and her goal was to find a job where she could work remotely, buy a car, and move to a nice community. And it goes on very uh, touchingly to share all the things, you know, that Jen loved and liked in her relationship with her niece and nephew. Um, Jen taught my little family about true, pure, simple love. She was a simple, gentle person and her love for us was pure and easy. Like all people, she had dark corners and crevices and like all people, she had light and love shining for all to see. I'm so very grateful that our relationship was easy in the last few years, all love and not strife. I know that we brought her joy and she gave it to us as well. I love you, Jen, my sweet sister. I know that you are in heaven, reunited with the loved ones that have gone ahead of you. Come back every now and then and let us know you are around. I'll look for the blue butterflies and the red cardinals and know it is you come to say hello. So we have these stories that we tell ourselves about our lives and I guess we hope other people tell uh, positive stories about us and I just thought uh, that that was I don't know a nice narrative and I was struck to share it or moved to share it because I've been catching up with my Sunday New York Times uh, reading which I fall behind on and I came across this article in the New York Times, Sunday, June 27th. Uh, its title isn't directly relevant to what I've just shared, but it might sound that way when I share it. We need to process what we've lost. And it's an opinion piece um, by Emily Esfahani Smith, who is the author of The Power of Meaning, Finding Fulfillment in a World Obsessed with Happiness. And I just found it interesting um, that she references a personal psychologist or personality psychologist uh, at Northwestern University, Dr. Dan McAdams, um, that says, um, our narrative identity and explanation of how we became the people we are today. And over the past three decades, he and his colleagues have brought hundreds of people into their lab and asked them about the narrative arc of their lives. And in his interviews, Dr. McAdams encourages people to divide their lives into chapters, recount major events, reflect on early memories, and pull out the overarching themes in their narratives. And he found that some people tell redemptive stories while others tell contamination stories. And it was more just interesting to me that we all do this. Um, we create a narrative around the experiences we have and then that can explain how, you know, siblings in the same family raised by the same parents at the same event or life experience have such different um, memories or stories surrounding it. And just this whole idea 
of the narrative arc of our lives that we're in control of. It just seems um, intuitive, of course, and I know I do it rather consciously um, sometimes, and I'm aware when I do it, but it does just seem like it's a nice way to process and unpack or fully realize who who you are. Um, The article, the New York Times article also mentioned, and this just made me think of uh, Jen as well and other people who have come to um, more tragic ends earlier than they should have, um, just, you know, for whatever, however their death came about, just that they died before, you know, normal life expectancy. And it mentions um, the Japanese art of kintsugi, which is where uh, you take shattered pottery, this kintsugi, and then you, which is what shattered pottery is known as, I guess, and you glue together the broken shards with lacquer, and then you dust it with gold or silver powder, and then you have these fragments coming together and have their own unique beauty. And the Japanese have embraced that as a philosophy also for living that, the article says, bad things can happen that might shatter us, but we don't have to stay broken or hide our wounds. We can put ourselves back together and the scars we wear at the broken places become a reminder of the tragedies we've endured and how we overcame them, a mark of beauty in an imperfect life. So for anybody else out there who feels themselves a bit besieged by everything around you or around us, um, it is always what I like to call a reframing of perspective. And I guess that's part of my narrative story or my narrative process. And I do consider it a strength of character to be able to reframe my perspective. Am I perfect at it? Hardly. But as I've gotten older, 47, turning 48 later this year, one of the things I enjoy about the aging process is I do feel wiser than I did 10, 20, 30, or even 40 years ago when I moved in across the street from my first friend in my new town, Jen. In the summer, we spent together as little eight-year-olds. And you just have to remember back, I guess. It's hard to do that sometimes. but you just never know where life is going to take you or where you end up or how you stay connected to people. Uh, Jen and I moved in across the cul-de-sac from one another in 1981, 40 years ago. And it could feel like yesterday. Ours were the only two homes in a new subdivision. And that first summer, I remember playing outside with Jen and all of our younger siblings her youngest brother was still in diapers. And when I corralled everyone into packing their things and running away 
over some parental affront, I'm sure. Jen was the one who carefully led everyone back home after deciding the enormous sewer pipe down the street was not a safe place to live. I remember playing Pong on Atari in her dad's study, thinking it was the coolest thing ever. I remember sleepovers in her waterbed. Oh, waterbed. How cool was that? I remember her as someone who was always kind and would try to be a friend to everyone. Uh, her family and she were of the Jewish faith. And so as that uh, religion is known to say, may her memory be a blessing to all who knew and loved her. And may her narrative art continue and be remembered by friends and family and especially the sister who loved her dearly. In MV's Corner, I'm here to talk to you about high school, sports, and much more. From a Walk in the Park podcast, I'm your host, Michael Baxter. And we're here now, all three of us, Riss, Babs, and MB. Hey, y'all. Hello. How's it going? Good. Been a while since we've podcast together, largely because of my busy schedule. I'm going to say I've had lots of out of town guests visiting, and now this month I'll pick up my own travel pace. I'm heading to opposite coasts this month one week in California, one week up in New England. Actually, I'll be in New England closer to two weeks because. Naomi and I are staying on to stay in Boston to do some, you know, Boston University familiarizing. So I got a lot That's of exciting. travel. I got a lot of That's travel to see you in person, Riss, in Seaside. That's exciting. And then I, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that trip because, you know, I do every year. That's my main trip. I love that trip. I know. But um, yeah, I got a trip coming up in... I'm going to say two weeks, like the end of July, I'll be in North Carolina visiting my mother-in-law, which will be a nice trip. It's mellow and it's good. And then I got seaside and then I've got a trip out to Napa. So yeah, there's a lot going on. I know. What about you, MB? You, you were in Seattle for a while. Do you have any other summer travel plans? How was Seattle? Good. No rain. Woo! No rain the entire time you were out there? Yeah. Could you see Mount Rainier? Yes. That's amazing. Wow. No rain. It was right before that massive heat wave happened over there. Oh, so you missed that? Yeah. All right, that's that's good. What did you do out there in Seattle? Visited my grandmother, helped around her apartment. Nice. Nice. Then had then we had dinner with her Monday and I think Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then Thursday we went over to my cousin's house. Okay. 
How's everybody doing out there? Are they doing well? Yeah, my cousins are taller than me. Okay. <laughs> well, that does happen. You're not particularly tall, so probably, are they younger than you? Yeah. Okay. Is then, this your mom's uh, side or your dad's side of the family? It's my cousins. I know, but who's, whose side of the family are they your, whose children are they? Which aunt and uncle? Think you know who their parents are? Think I think my cousins are on my dad's side of the family. Gotcha. Okay. Because your dad is taller than your mom. So, you know, if it was on your dad's side of the family, it might make sense that those cousins are a little taller. And then I visited my mom's side of the family on Friday. Well, that's okay. nice. Yeah, that's amazing. I'd love to go out to Seattle when there's some nice sunny weather. Uh, I've only been there once and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I really liked going to the, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, the Chilahi, that how you say it? You know, that the last name of that sculptor who does all the glass sculpture. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he had a big exhibit here like several years ago. Yeah. Chihuly, is that what it is? Chihuly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chihuly, I, I love that. It's just, I have so many pictures of it. In fact, you know what? As I'm talking to you guys, those are the prints that I should get printed, metallic prints, and hang in my house because I love it so much. And then you should buy one of his chandeliers. Oh my God, if only I could afford one of those things. They I mean, are magnificent. They're magnificent. I mean, so, all right, let's see. For our listeners who don't know, well, I'm just gonna share a little bit about um, what Michael could consider, you know, part of his hometown living if he wanted to, since both of his parents are from Seattle. Um, okay, so. Chihuly Garden and Glass. I think that's in, uh, let's see, eight galleries, three drawing walls, offer a comprehensive collection of Dale Chihuly's significant series of work. I want to, uh, I don't know, all right, I want to tell more about what he does. So, hey, look, for anybody who, who might have seen it? He, it's almost look like it almost looks like squigglies. The glass <laughs> looks like squigglies, and it's beautiful how he's sculpted them. Um, but yeah, they almost look like fire, like uh, some of those sculpted, like so, like yeah, fire. That's how yeah. some of it looks. It's I mean, beautiful. I think the first time I saw a piece of his was actually like back in two thousand. And it was in like the Francis Ford Coppola vineyard. And I was there and it was this magnificent, like orange, yellow, red glass sculpture that just, you know, wove its way up into the sky. And it was amazing. But all right, Dale Chihuly is an American glass sculptor and entrepreneur. His works are considered to possess outstanding artistic merit in the field of lone glass, moving it into the realm of large scale sculpture. And uh, it says, in 1971, with the support of John Haberg and Ann Gould Haberg, Chihuly co-founded the Pilchuck Glass School near Stanwood, Washington. And when he, oh gosh, okay. 
Yikes, I didn't know this about him. In 1976, while Chihuly was in England, he was involved in a head-on car accident during which he was propelled through the windshield. His face was severely cut by glass and he was blinded in his left eye. Hmm. Huh. Uh, let's see. Anyway, he's had some other traumas in his life, but I want to know more about his works. Let's see. Uh, well, all right. I don't like this. I don't like this explanation. It's not giving a good enough description of his work. But anyway, it's an amazing place. And have you ever gone, Michael, when you're out there to the Chihuly Gardens? Have you seen that? No. Oh, you should. You should. The next time you're out there it was so wonderful. Um, I think I'm back out there in November. Okay. Oh, nice. Sweet. Anyway, yeah, I loved, I loved all of it. I mean, I walked around videoing and taking pictures and I was just fascinated by all of it. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. And we need yeah, beauty I, in this world. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that the, the Coppola vineyard had one of his sculptures because now that I'm thinking about it, there is uh, a vineyard, another vineyard there that has one in their cave on when you go on their cave tour, it's called Pine Ridge. Because um, I remember walking down into the, the cave and we're sitting there doing a taste. It's a beautiful um, environment. They really made it very, very nice. Um, but you can get a private cave tour down there. And um, in one of the coves was one of his sculptures. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, but that's funny, Pine Ridge. Yeah, that has that like Chenin Blanc Viognier blend that I like, right? Yes, which I'm going to have to pick up for our trip. Unless you want other Vouvray, I'll pick that up instead. Remember we said we're not picking stuff up for our trip. No, but that's not one of those ones you can readily pick up down there, or is it? Well, all right, in Seaside, I don't know, but I mean, I, I've never had any trouble finding it at Total Wine, but. Well, well then we just have right. to make a, a, a trip. Well, you know what? I'll do some research and find if there's a similar wine type store down there in the vicinity. There has to be, right? I would think so, yes. Okay, personally. then I can get behind that. And if I can't, I can just always pick up a couple bottles and bring them down. It's fine. All right, all right. That's not that much space, that's fine. That's right. So while we're doing all that, oops, we lost MB, where'd he go? I don't know. <laughs> I was. All right, so MB, while Riss and I are traveling around, you know, the country, bebopping around, you are getting ready to head off to Kennesaw. So what's, what's kind of the latest on that? Do you have a schedule yet? Yes. What's your schedule? I'm taking this class called Foundations to Criminal Justice. Oh, what? Cool. cool. Now, are you there? Like, do you have classes? Like, do you have to be there Monday through Friday? It's a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then it reverses Tuesday, Thursday. Okay, so every so some weeks she'll be. Well, is that that class or is that your whole schedule? Some weeks she'll be there three days, and the next week you'll be there two. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right, Foundations of Criminal Justice. That sounds pretty cool. Do you remember your other classes? Intro to Communication. Okay, yep, a very standard, you know, start off college class, yep. 
What else? Uh, I forgot what the others were. Ah, you and Naomi. It's like, what are you taking? What do you remember? Yeah, I, sh I, sh I should write it down. I know. Well, or they should email you a schedule, you'd think at some point, tell you where to go on campus. How'd your orientation go? Didn't you go over there? It's for not, it's, it's, um, it's before school starts in August. Oh, okay. So they're going to keep it closer to the time you start. Yeah, I started. Yeah, the, I think your mom was worried. Do you have those dates yet? Because your mom's going to be in Seaside with us. I think no. she was orientation was going to be when she's out of town. I don't know when it's, I don't know when it's supposed to be. All right. Well, that'll be pretty exciting to hear those updates. If you remember those other two classes, let us know. Yeah. Let's see. I might, let's see. Yeah, you do, do a little research while Riss and I kick off Wimbledon. Yay! It was, I think it's been an excellent season. Uh, well, as everybody knows, because I think you and I have already talked about this, is, oops, my Apple Watch is telling me I'm being lazy. Time to stand. Um, you know, Serena injuring herself because of the grass on center court in the first round was devastating to me. I think we know, you already know what happened. I don't, but I'm gonna say by the time this goes out, everything will be over. So we'll just say number one, number one female player in the world, Ash Barty is facing or has faced uh, Carolina Pliskova. Yes. I <clears throat> personally would have preferred Sabalenka to win. I don't have anything against Pliskova, but I like Sabalenka better. And, you know, I feel like she's been putting in a lot of effort and I don't know if she, I guess she was seated number two at this tournament. I don't know where she's ranked currently. And then of course, my all time favorite, greatest male tennis player of all time, Novak Djokovic is in his seventh Wimbledon final uh, tomorrow morning, our time. So I'll be eagerly anticipating that one. And he is playing, uh, what is it, Matteo? Is that his first name, Berrettini? Matteo Berrettini. Uh, yes, Berrettini. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, that's, that'll be challenging, I think. Yeah. Um, but I don't see why, I don't see why if some, if all things go, all things being equal, Novak should beat him, right? You can never guarantee it though, so. Um, I, I, I hope it goes to four sets though. I hope Berrettini wins at least one set against him. Uh, I do not. I would like to 6 so that Novak can set yet another, you know, tennis historical record beating All right. final. bagel, bagel, bagel. Uh, one of the enjoyable things for me about this grass court tennis season and even a little bit of the clay is Naomi has become very interested in tennis. Seemingly out of nowhere to me. So she watches it with me. And just like me, she thinks Novak is the best. And she yells at the other people who are playing Novak. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, finally, my influence. My oh, influence. God. Meanwhile, the other funny thing is Vivian. So Vivian doesn't watch tennis, but Vivian became like a very avid uh, basketball NBA watcher with Jonathan. Oh, cool. 
So I just think it's funny because when I was a child, I didn't become interested in sports until I was about 13. I was in seventh grade and I wanted my dad to like me more. So I thought, huh, how do I get my dad to like me more? I'm like, he seems to like my youngest brother, Matthew, a fair bit. (laughs) I was like, maybe if I watch sports, my dad will like me more. And you know what? It worked. Yep. I think that does. I think that works because that's how I was with my dad. Although I liked my dad and we got along real well, but I just, I had an affinity for baseball and football at a young age. So yeah. Yeah. Plus I played, I played baseball. I mean, he taught me how to play baseball and softball and, you know, my sister and I were the the sons he never had. So we learned how to play sports. Yep. I know. So sweet. Yeah. My dad just thought it was, he was greatly amused by what a sports fanatic I was. So (laughs) that worked in my favor, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So obviously I'm watching a lot of, I've watched a lot of Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. I haven't had much time to watch much of anything else, but, uh, have you guys been watching anything new and exciting? Um, I went back to watching last night. I don't know why, but I just wanted to watch, um, Arrested Development from the beginning. So I started watching that show and I, I used to watch it all the time back in the day, but it was just like, and when I say back in the day, I think it's funny. I think it came out in 2003. I I can't believe it's that old already. I know it was like way back when, but didn't it go on hiatus for a little bit? It like got canceled, but then like. A number of years later, it came back and. It's a hoot. It's very funny. And then I finally got, I got done watching Schitt's Creek and now I have to go back to uh, Grace and Frankie. That's my Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin show that I love so much. I know. Are they coming out with another season anytime? Yes, they are. She just announced that she's back at work. They're on set right now. Okay. And what show are we talking about? Was it you, somebody I was talking about, a show that I watched, it was like, oh, the next season's dropping. Oh, it must have been my friends that were in town, like, soon. I can't remember what it was. What are you watching these days, MB? Downton Abbey. Oh, that's that, a good one. A that classic. British show, that, that British show with, with Maggie Smith. And I... Forgot the other characters' names. I was gonna say I, I'm horrible with names, but yes, I watched that whole show and saw the movie in the theater. Uh, I watched yes. the movie. Oh, the you watched the movie first? Okay. When I was coming back from Seattle. Okay, nice. What season are you on so far? Season four. And there were what, like six seasons, or there were yeah. Okay, so you're on. You're two thirds of the way through. So yeah, I've been spacing it out. One season, and then you take a little for, break. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I haven't been doing any real binge oh, watching. Just busy. You okay there, Riss? Yeah, I got my 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 refrigerator is um. It's messed up, so got to get it fixed. I hate that. My refrigerator ice maker never works, and 
well, that's not true. It works and it always breaks. And this morning I went to go put something in the freezer and realized, and this is probably me, that I didn't, I must not have fully closed the freezer last night and everything in it was defrosting. Oh no. And I was so annoyed because it wasn't like, I mean, if that happens, like the refrigerator should beep at you and let you know that something went wrong. Generally, when you open up, leave these doors open, they do beep at you. Yeah. Yeah, I, my, the, my refri the refrigerator I have beeps. Yeah, like right? When, like when you open the door, it goes beep. <laughs> it's like, don't forget to close me. You left me open too long. I think that these also, these refrigerators, these appliances in general are built to only last 10 years and mine's about 10 years old. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I'll have to look. I don't know how old mine is because, you know, of course it came with the house, but it seemed like something that couldn't be quite as old as the house. It just seemed like a newer model. Right, right. Um, I'm excited because we finally ordered our very basic garage fridge, you know, because we, since we moved in or since we bought the house, we haven't had two refrigerators and we're a two refrigerator family. Like we're used to <laughs> yeah, having more freezer and, but we just bought, I, you know, we bought a very basic one for like $750 and it'll just live in the garage and hopefully survive there. I mean, obviously this time of year, the garage is quite hot. But I need right. all new appliances. My dishwasher is the worst. It doesn't even have a heated dry function. It plays what? this stupid. Yes, I know. <laughs> Who wants to put their crap in the dishwasher at the end of the cycle, have to take it out and still dry it? That's not right. That's that weird. is not right. So I need a new dishwasher. I think that's going to be my next purchase. But I can't quite figure out what I need to. I'm like, can't I just oh, buy it? Me. They'll come out and they'll figure it out. They're like, right. Make sure you have this, this, and this. And I'm like, no. I'm gonna be like, John. It looks like it's sunny where you're at. Me? Oh yeah, we got beautiful sunny weather. That that tropical storm Elsa that came through here. I don't know. I I don't even know if it was a hurricane when it went by us. It was they very much over dramatized it. Yeah. I felt like that because you know what? I checked in with you. I checked in with um, our other Florida friend. Yeah. And um, it was a, like a non-event. As a matter of fact, I think, I feel like it got worse as it went along because once it got, because it didn't do anything here. Like right. here in Georgia, it was like a non-event. It was like a day on and off of rain, if that. And then it just, kind of, by the time it made its way to North Carolina, where my mother-in-law is, it kind of, they were having tornado watches and stuff. And I was yeah. like, really? Yeah, crazy. I mean, we, we had some watches, I guess, as well. But the only thing that happened was, you know, I had some new landscaping put in the beginning of June and I have this very cute little bottle brush tree, you know, that's tiny and it kind of got a little wind swept, wind blown. And so they had to, they came out yesterday and put some stakes on it and set it, you know, back upright. What I learned then, I'm like, gosh, you know, I don't know where all my flowers are, what's with my landscaping, and I have deer. Deer are eating my very expensive new landscaping. So. Uh oh. What? Yes. So I'm not happy about that. And I wish, I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be fine, but 
it's I it was just like gosh these plants don't seem to be doing that well and then the guy who came out yesterday he's like oh yeah deer are eating this and I guess deer might be I mean I see them sometimes in the morning they're very cute they you know run across the backyard but they're not eating so I guess maybe they eat it the night during the night mm. so I had to buy I bought some spray and some other things that I hope you know they won't hurt them but will hopefully deter you them. know what you know what deters them I heard um, human, human pee. You could pee on your plants. Oh <laughs> yeah. I don't think I want to do that. I'm going to start with the spray purchase okay. spray first and see what happens. Oh, but you know what else? Uh, soap. Like if you spray like soap in or around the dirt, like um, like if if you put like soap or like detergent into a water bottle and put a little water on it and shake it up and then just spray the soap around the plants. They don't like that either. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. I don't know, so I bought the spray and then I bought these little clips, which I'm gonna have Jonathan figure out. They seem very complicated. It's like <laughs> you get these, you clip them to your plants. It's like you get this metal thing that it comes with it. You puncture it so that it releases some type of like garlicky odor that the deer don't like. and. Got it. But Jonathan is in Mexico right now. He's in Cabo. Whoa, so, that's cool. So late tomorrow night. Nice. Yeah, it must, be nice. It must be nice to be able to travel internationally. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, we're well, getting there. What, MB? We're, we're slowly getting back to normal. Yeah. Slowly. I guess so. You know, I was reading this article that I was talking about a bit earlier, um, catching up on my New York Times reading, Sunday New York Times reading, which I get very far behind on. And it was it was a pandemic article, I guess. I'm trying to find it here. Um, but I was talking about it more just in the context of life. This was about, you know, getting back to normal, I guess, after the pandemic. As I shared earlier, we need to process what we've lost. And it talks about just, you know, well, how do you, what story are you telling yourself? What, how does the pandemic fit into your narrative arc? Um, you know, and they talk about redemptive stories and contamination stories. And the redemptive story is where, I mean, as the name implies, that you find the good in something, right? Something bad happens, there's suffering, but you find a way to redeem it, not feel like, you know, uh, despondent about it, not feel like it was completely senseless. And then the contamination stories are when the good is ruined by the bad. So you have a good event and something bad happens and you let it ruin everything. So to your point, MB, getting back to normal, I mean, that could be a good thing, right? People could look at it as a good thing, but yet other people who lived through the same pandemic, of course, could have a different experience and could actually talk about it as a bad thing. Like they didn't learn anything during the pandemic. They don't see any optimism in the world now, you know? The pandemic made life worse for them and now it's never going to get better. We don't want to be those people though, right? We're the people nope. that we, we tell the redemption stories. Yes. 
our narrative, yes. our <clears throat> narrative identity, an explanation of how we became the people we are today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or as I like to say, serenity now. Serenity, serenity now. now. Uh, I did exercise this morning. Oh, good. Well, exercise is another way to keep yourself uh, healthy, mentally and physically, right? I haven't done my exercise yet today. What did you do, MB? Went walking. I know. I'm trying to decide if that's going to be my exercise for the day because, of course, you know, it's quite warm here. The other day I went out for my two mile jog, super proud of myself, trying to incorporate jogging. But yesterday I did strength training and it was just too hot to go out for a jog at night. I thought it might cool off, but it was like 92 feels like 103. I was like, I guess I'm not wow. gonna go jogging. I know, but me you, you know. Yeah. What did you do? Did you stay inside? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I sat outside by my pool and relaxed. I'd already done my exercise for the day, so I didn't need it for exercise purposes, but I just thought, you know. Yesterday good. I took a break. I didn't exercise because I had done at least two days worth of exercise the day before, so I took a break. I worked out, I worked out seven days this week. Nice. nice. Yeah, you get that award pop up on your Apple Watch. Seven yep. day workout week award. Yes. Yeah. I just don't like it when that watch tells me that I how I can still do it. And I'm like, I, I like know. When yeah, I don't like when it tells me which it's done today already. Check your rings. They're like, all right, you're lazier today than you were yesterday. Yeah. I hate that. Leave me alone. All right, <clears throat> let's wrap this up on a positive note. Okay. How's everybody? Everybody's <clears throat> going to have a great rest of their weekend. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be back together one day. <laughs> Let's say bye for now. Bye, bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>